This year is going to begin the year of Hilchestaris, of Halachas deals and documents, uh, on behalf of the Beis Avad. The first discussion we would like to go through is what exactly is a star and what's in, what is included in a star. Now, there are different kinds of shtaris. There are shtaris that are simply IOU, where a person just writes on a piece of paper, I owe you $100, and he signs his name. That kind of star is binding even without all the requirements of a star that of a contemporary classic star that has witnesses. And the person should be careful what he signs his name on. Usually, when these kinds of stars are, are made, people go back and forth and they check all the details, so usually you know what you're signing on. Then there's a classic star, the contemporary star, which uh, many times is used in, in many different ways. The Gemara always discusses this kind of star, and that's a star where you have two witnesses signing on the bottom. Now, there are many requirements for this kind of star because we're worried that the Adam signatures could be misused. So leaving a blank space, for example, before the signature of the witnesses would obviously be a problem because someone can come and fill in to the end of the contract. And Reuben owes um, a million dollars to Shimon, and on that is Adam that signed. So that would be a problem. So therefore, we cannot leave a blank space. Now, in the star itself, there are details called tenorim, which means the conditions which the fulfillment or non-fulfillment will either avoid or ratify the star of the agreement. And then there can be something called an asmachta, which is a penalty clause, which most of the time it's not valid because people assume that the clause or penalty will never come to fruition. Therefore, it's not going to be binding. And obviously, this is a problem in the star. Many times there are uh, penalties in it. And in order to have a properly written star, it has to be formulated in a way that these kind of um, problems don't happen, or they do not invalidate the star, which in Mitzvah Hashem, in the coming Shurim, we are going to discuss all these aspects of Mitzvah Hashem. Now, there's another halacha which is put into play in using a star, or sometimes the star will have written in it that there's a Kabbalah das yachad. That means to say, if there's even a minority opinion that holds that this star is kosher, I would like the star to be binding, and both parties are going to sign it. And this ensures that even in the face of a mochzik, which many times in halacha we will go according to the person who has the money, since when it's a machlaikas, we have to prove why we could take the money away from the person who has the money. And since it's a machlaikas, we don't have a way to prove that against, how can you prove, unless the person is like, maybe a god ladar, but the, a general bezin is not going to pass him like a rashba against the ran. So obviously we're going to leave it by the mochzik, and therefore... Um, in order to avoid the problem, we can write in the star that if there's even one opinion that says this, or a minority opinion at least that says this, uh, it should be enforceable in Bezdin. Many people will try to invalidate a star by claiming that they only agreed to it under duress. Now, there's also an actual mechanism in halacha for this. It's known as a maidah. Maidah means you issue a, a disclaimer that you should know that this and this thing that I'm about to sign, I'm being forced to do it under duress. And therefore, when we write a star, if we want our star to be effective, we have to include a clause that talks about a bitl maidah. Bitl maidah means you're invalidating the claims of duress, which, or, or any disclaimer which was issued falsely before. So therefore, in order to do that, we have to include an aspect called bitl maidah. 
And finally, there's a famous non-compete. Non-compete means many times people are hired out to a job they have no experience at all with, and they're told that we'll train you in, but as part of the agreement is you cannot leave the company and open your own company that's going to compete with us for the period of three years or five years, and the obvious logic is because then people would you know, not be able to hire anyone because automatically they'd go, they, as soon as they'd learn a little bit how to run the business, They'll say, why should I work for him? Let me go open my own company. So they write in the contract that there's an agreement not to compete. And many times there's a penalty on that too. So how do you enforce such a non-compete in halacha? It's very difficult to have a legal non-compete as strong as the employer would like. And even if you could get one legally binding, it may not be valid according to halacha if it's not properly written. Again, something that we're going to address in the later shiurim. Now, in general, the importance of writing a contract, in secular law, the statute of frauds requires certain contracts to be written in, in, in writing in order to be valid. However, in halacha, it's not the case. While there are some agreements that require a kinyan, generally speaking, a written contract is not necessary unless one is intending to impose a lien on someone else's property. Now, this is, means to say that the power of a star as opposed to a verbal commitment in Torah, is primarily in the fact that it's able to collect from property. Now, we call this in, in the Gemara, Meshubadim. Meshubadim means to properties that the Valchoyv had by him, that the Loiva has by him, and the lender can go, even if, he sell, even if the Loiva sells them, the lender could go ahead and he has the first lien on that property to be able to collect it, as payment for his loan. Now, there's another important reason why a person should write a star, and that is because the Gemara Eizun Eshech says that if someone lends money without witnesses, without Edim, he's over on the Isra of Lufna'i He's presenting a Nisayan, a Mirshal, for the borrower because it will make it very easy for him to deny the loan. So putting him in a situation where he's tempted to deny the loan not only a loan or any scenario where a person is entrusting money or assets without proper documentation, therefore a contract is supremely important that it takes away a lot of lack of clarity and also avoids a lot of machlaikas and geneva, and all these things are ways and mechanisms to prevent uh, problems from happening. Now let us begin by learning a little bit about what are these kinds of shtaris. The Mishnah in Masechus Baba Basar Perak Yud Halacha Ches says as follows: Amal v'eschaveri b'shtar, a person who lends his friend with a shtar, goyve minuchasim b'shirbadim, he could collect from properties with a lien. Like we said before, the concept of a shtar is the fact that can, it can cause, it can be a lien on the property, and if it gets sold to buyers, which we'll refer to as lakuchais. Lakuchais are the ones who bought those properties. They can collect the, meaning to say, the balchayv, the malva, or I'm sorry, the malva, the one who lent the, the money to the uh, balchayv, could collect from the lakuchais those properties which had been in the possession of the loiva, of the balchayv, at the time of the loan. And since he did not pay it up, so his property is now 
Meshubah, that has a lien on it, and if we can go collect it from that buyer. Now, the Rav points out on the side that that, even if it does not say specifically in the star, in the document, that there's a lien. Why? Because the halacha is, the Gemara says, Achrayas toy soiferhu. Forgetting to write about the fact that this document should be a lien on the property is actually a mistake. In other words, it's automatic that it should have been in there. And if it's not in there, we don't say there was any agreement to the contrary. Rather, it was simply overlooked and it was not written in there. So therefore, having a document is automatically creating a lien on the property of the loiva. Now this is a star where, like the mission continues, Ali Adim, that if a person has um, he has such a thing, such a low. I'm sorry, the Ali Adim is a continuation. He's going to be Shabadim if he has a star. Now if it's only Ali Adim, that means if he does not have a star, that means to say it was simply performed verbally in front of witnesses. Then it's Then he collects from uh, only from bnei chayrin and a verbal agreement or a verbal loan or a, a, a loan without a star. Even though there are witnesses there, still it's not enough to create a lien. So again, to create a lien, you need a star with edim. A star with edim will create a lien even if they forgot to actually write into the star that this star is creating a lien. But if there's no star, even though there are Adim, it's not enough to create this lien. Now we get to the other kind of star, which was the first one we discussed earlier. Let's say a person pulls out an IOU, a handwritten document, that he owes him money. He's able to collect from the Chosim, I'm sorry, he's able to collect from the chasim that are not with a lien on them. What does it mean, not with a lien on them? It means to say, the chasim that he has is still in his possession. It does not create a lien on any properties. And if he sells them off, they are sold. So that it means to say, it did not create any kind of lien. But the nechassim that he has at the time, on, in, his, in his possession at the time of collecting the loan, those are the ones you can collect with an IOU. So it's very clear the difference between a star and an IOU, a regular star and a star which is only an IOU. When it's a star with Adim, that creates a lien. When it's a star without Adim, that will not create a lien. And you can only collect from the money that he has by him at the time. The Gemara Baba Basar, the Fa'inam and Aleph, teaches us that when a person has a star, when a person has this kind of note that says that he owes the money or he, let, or he gave him an item to watch, the Gemara says that once you have the star, you are not, the, the uh, borrower is not allowed to say that he paid up. The Gemara discusses the case where a person gave a watchman a certain item to watch, and he gave it to him with a star. He gave it to him with a star. And he says, I gave it, I gave it back to you. Do you say that he's believed to say, I gave back the item? Now, why would a person who has a star 
attesting to the fact that he's supposed to be watching this item, why would he believe to say that he gave it back? So the Gemara is saying because he has a migu. Migu means to say he could have said a different taina. He could have said the item that you gave me was was nensu. In other words, an unexpected accident, unforeseen unforeseen circumstances caused that it got destroyed, and that's a valid exemption by a watchman by a shimer. So therefore, now when he goes ahead and he says, I gave it back to you, so we believe him. Why? Because if he was a liar, he could have said something stronger. And since he didn't say something stronger, it means he's saying the truth. We believe him because of a migul. Or at least we give him the, the power of the stronger taina. Or, says the Gemara, Or he could tell him, listen, if you, if you, if you would have given it back, why am I still holding on to the star? So this is a very strong proof that you did not give it back. So again, even though you have a migu, your, your migu won't be believed because I have the star. So Amr he said to him, Meheman, he is believed with the migu. Now the Rashbam on the bottom, the Ramasul Taimeh, the very last two lines in the Rashbam says as follows, However, this only applies to a watchman. But someone who lends to his friend with a star, the borrower cannot say, I paid back. The armor because the other person is going to tell him, Shtar be other my boy. Why do I have your star? And by a lawyer, you don't have this migu. Even a borrower says that the money got destroyed through unforeseen circumstances, he still has to pay. Because he had the right to spend the money. Once he had the right to spend the money, we look at the money that was destroyed as if it was his own money. It has nothing to do with the money of the Malva. And he's still required to pay back the loan. So having a star is instant proof that the loan was not paid. So when a Malva is holding on to a star, it's instant proof without pay. Now this, technically, could have we could have thought this applies in every case. Side by a star with Aden, or even by an IOU. However, the Rashi of Abbasid Avkufayin Vav brings a machloikas in a case of an IOU where there's no witnesses signed on the star. If there's going to be, um, if there's an ability for the borrower to say I paid up, so the Rashi says like this: He takes that or star that he's chayiv to pay him. The Rif says. That even though an IOU has a din of a star in certain ways, but as far as the time of Parati goes, he's Neman, according to the Rif, he's Neman to say he paid up, because we don't look at this as anything more than a Milval Pet. Let's skip to the Rash for six lines in the end. And I do not believe this. I don't hold of this pshat. It's like other staris. And he's able to tell him, and he brings a raya from this Gemara, Baba Basa, which we just said before. But the case of a mafkin, it's a very bishtar. Which the Rashba says, he discusses over here, and he proves that the same Allah would apply even to an IOU. So you see from this Rashba that even if you have an IOU, you now let a taina, you now let us say against this um, this IOU that it was paid up. Mishalonarch and Chayshim Mishma Simon Samach Tes Sif Aleph says as follows.
If he pulled out an IOU, he cannot, there's no lien on the property, he only can collect from Bechor. There's a skip to the next piece over here. Um, if you skip all the way to Bayes, the middle of Sif Bayes, let's read Sif Bayes. Niskayim bebezen shuk sav yadai, ein loya ela din milva alpeh be'edim, ve'ein agoy v'loyim an ayarshim, v'loyim an alakuchas el mimenu v'mhoish v'ayfar, avo, im toyin paraiti nemon v'nishpeh hesis v'nichter. So the Mechaber is clearly passing, like the opinion of the Rif, and the other Rishonim that the Rashra brought, that he is Nehman to say Paraiti against an IOU. He has to make a Shua Tessus. It's a kind of Shua that a person makes to get out of, out of these kind of Tainas when there's no other way to prove anything. But ultimately he's believed to say Paraiti. However, the Ramah says, the Yesh Oibrim, the Eino Yocholoim Paraiti, he's not able to say Paraiti al Ksivos Yodai on an IOU. The Eino Dain Bezel Mash and the Dayan has to use his judgment to figure out exactly what to judge. Now, there, again, there are most paskening that it is not like the, like the Rashford's opinion, which is that he's not never the Dayan of Paraiti against the IOU. The Shachans of Cotton Zion says, which is like the Machaber says, that he is never to say Paraiti against the IOU. So the Shach is paskening. Not like the Ramah, the Shach is agreeing with the Shulchan Aruch that he does have an, he is Nemon to Taina Paraiti. Now the Pisgah Chuva in Sifkaton Dalid quotes a discussion in the Tumim Sifkaton Hay, and the discussion goes as follows: that if the IOU is enforceable in courts, which was very common at that time, and in Bezdin um, they used to enforce it as well. Let's read the words of the Pisgah Tshuva. The Chil of Ksav Hanoigim Bizmanenu, this kind of uh, IOU. No, who called Bezdin Yisrael, every Bezdin and Klal Yisrael, Paskins, the Einu Nemaloy Paraiti, that you're not Neman to say against the Paraiti. The Ein Hatam Rak Mishum Dina the Malchusa. It's not only because of Dina the Malchusa. Elokimin the Dina the Malchusa and Yochalim Paraiti. Limsa Hay Yochalig Vuschayve Barakoyes. Limsa Chil of Ksav Biyad Acher Beumas Oilo. And, I'm sorry, the, ta- the time is only because of Dina Malchus, because since he could have taken this to Bezdin and he could have pre- and to court, and he could have presented this in court, since he could have presented this in a, any Goyesha court, and he would have won, so Mimele, he, he this has the power to collect that Choyv, through the power of Dina Malchus, so therefore he has the Choyvus to, um, to use it against the Taino of Parite, even though Alpidin Taino, he should not be able to tie in a variety. The Pizli Chuba at the end clarifies that that has to be only in a case that it's actually able to be upheld in court. That it has to be a case where, where this document is, is, the court will not allow you to say variety against it, so then in our case as well, a person is not going to be able to say variety against this IOU. So again, if it's a star with Adam, for sure he's not allowed to say Paraiti against it. But if it's a star, if it's a star without Adam, then we have a machloikas, a big machloikas we're showing him if you're Nehman. 
the Mechaber is passing like the Rishonim that you are, the Ramah passing like the Rishonim that you're not, and that the Pesach Chuba says that if in court it could be upheld and you're not able to taina, you're not able to say against it that you paid, the same thing would apply in Bezin, you would not be able to taina against it that it was Perua.